You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Put your pencils down, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome, diligent scholars, to another session of the Star Seminar. This is a Team Talk course. As you well know, I am joined, as always, by my comrade-in-arms, the great, internationally famous professor of footballology, Dr. Danny Phantom, and I am yours truly, Dr. Rabble Rouser. Danny, how are you today, sir? Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm actually, you know, I just finished up watching uh, the show Air. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of it. Uh, it's the, the uh, Matt Damon uh, and Ben Affleck, the Michael Jordan uh, shoe story, Nike mm-hmm. story. And uh, uh, it was very interesting. I, I, I love I love uh, documentaries like that or a little you know, those type of movies where you kind of get some behind the scenes of some things that happen and, and, uh, look at how all that originated. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I started thinking to myself, um, just looking back through all the athletes and trying to figure out like who is truly the greatest. Like, you know, of course you have like Muhammad Ali and, uh, you know, Tiger Woods will certainly look like he might've been on a path to, uh, to be like the the greatest of all time to, as well. Of course, Jordan is one that um, it's heavily debated, but a, a go-to of many. And um, I will say that's probably the you know the hat that I will put would put my vote into there. But I wanted to ask you, uh, Rabs, who who is do you think is the goat? If you all sports every, everywhere you go all errors, whatever you want to do, who, who do you consider the greatest of all time? That's a great, great question because I think it depends on the criteria. So I have, I have the greatest of all time by a couple of different criteria. If we, if we look at like, who's the best, like all around athlete who could probably play just about any sport and absolutely dominate, or at least be, you know, professional level. I think maybe the best athlete I've, see, I've seen in, in my lifetime is, is Bo Jackson. Mm. I mean, Bo could do everything and i mean baseball players talk in hushed tones football players talk in hushed tones i mean if he hadn't had that hip injury he'd be he'd be a, a maybe the best running back of all time he's certainly the best tecmo running back of all time <laughs> and um and so uh so i think if you're if you want to look at that like he sort of lines up with guys like jesse owens and jim thorpe and you know those kind of dudes mm-hmm. who were like and even jackie robinson jackie robinson played football and box did a bunch of stuff those sort of all-around athletes were just really good at everything the other way to think about it for me is, I mean, we can do the Michael Jordan thing. Michael Jordan's clearly the best athlete just from a pure, like dazzling athletic perspective. Uh, you know, the things he could do with his body and also basketball players, you can see their bodies more. I think that that does lend themselves to this a little bit, but the things he could do with his body were just breathtaking and it was breathtaking in a way that nobody had ever seen. And he was dominant, but he, but he was dominant in his era you know, he was better than everybody else in his era, but he wasn't dominant where he scored twice as much as anybody else. And, you know, I mean, some people are going to, you know, he, he, people are going to probably, you know, uh, erase his, his, his various things in the record books eventually. Cause he wasn't that dominant. He was just great. You know, he definitely was dominant in contrast. In contrast with whom? With his era. With yeah. Yeah. Era. No, no, no question. But, but he wasn't like, he didn't outscore everybody by like two to one, like Wilt Chamberlain did. Right. No, some, no, yeah. Correct. In some ways that, you know, so, so this, this leads me to be thinking about, okay, like, so if we think about someone who absolutely dominated their era, right. Then we're thinking about guys like Wilt Chamberlain, who was so much better than anybody else in his yeah, era. Bill Russell you know, throwing him. Bill Russell. Him. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, 
but but those guys also played in the era like Will Chamberlain was playing a bunch of, against a bunch of like you know five foot ten white guys you know who were really really slow and wore very 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 high tight shorts, and so the level of competition wasn't so difficult. I will submit to you that I think the guy who was the most dominant in an era when the other athletes were still actually pretty good and actually had access to good training is the is the guy known as the Great One, Wayne Gretzky. Hmm. Absolutely shattered the record books. And, and by by such a wide margin that he still like dominates all the record books, and no one's come close in an era in which you know scoring has, has fluctuated. All these other things have happened, and um, and uh, I, I mean I, I know NHL scoring probably isn't what it was then, but but it, it wasn't like he just took advantage of a, of an era. I mean he just absolutely nobody was close to him for years, and, and so if we think if we think about a guy who was. In an era where, you know, the, the, the quality of play across the league was pretty strong in the 80s and into the 90s. You know, the, the, the NHL was a good league and they were starting to get European players and starting to, you know, they were a, a legitimate international league. And he absolutely crushed it. Nobody could touch him. Yeah. No, I don't I don't follow hockey enough to really have an opinion about that. But certainly, you know, he's, he's not called great one without a reason for sure. He's more dominant in his sport than anybody else I can remember being in theirs, in their respective sports. I mean, it's team sport anyway. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Michael Phelps or somebody like that was more dominant in his sport. But, I mean, in terms of a team sport, a guy who just stood head and shoulders above the rest of the league. Um, he was way, way better compared to the rest of the, of the players in his league than Michael Jordan was. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about this too, it's like, I don't know how much weight I should give to like longevity too. Cause you look at some players, there's a lot of players. Like, I mean, obviously I mentioned Tiger Woods earlier. It's, he mm-hmm. was certainly, I think a lot of people would agree that he was on his way to probably be in one of the, you know, the greatest of all time, just the way that he was dominating. And, and the same is true for, um, uh, Serena too. And like, I, mm-hmm. I haven't followed, I don't follow and I don't know know enough to to have any numbers or anything but yeah i can definitely tell the feel and what they what they did to the sport for sure and um of course michael he he just i mean they had bird and magic and those were they, they were great players but but he just you know he did stand out and um of course you know basketball has changed to where you got you got several michael jordan like players now they're just they don't stand out anymore because um you know there's so many of them where jordan was really one of a kind back then um but no it, it's interesting because you know there's a lot of, there's arguments to be made and uh, i'm glad mm-hmm. you didn't say tom brady um you know or, or joe montana or anybody like that or someone that we you know the name we don't that has that has hurt us I've, I've actually never heard of either of those guys yeah i don't i, I googled them i had to google them too <laughs> um but I, what i do know about is um what we have for today show raps can you uh Fill our listeners in on what's going on. I would love to, because today what we've got for you is a special treat that we're calling the inverse podcast switcheroo. (laughs) So normally what happens is, uh, you know, before we get into the meat of our discussion, we'll offer, you know, a little walk down uh, memory lane, both of us being, you know, uh, gray haired fellas. We like to sometimes talk about the past and compare it to the present. And then we'll talk about what's been going on in OTAs and mini camps and the news of the week. Today, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to have a brief discussion of a couple of pieces of news really quickly, and then we're going to get into a long, leisurely stroll down memory lane to Ooh. talk about the Cowboys' last 20 years of playoff exits. But, okay, before we get into that, I just, have a, I just want to throw one thing at you, which is that um, the news coming out of the OTAs and the minicamp, um, I guess two weeks of OTAs and a week of minicamp now, Um where we're just getting little tidbits, you know, but one of the things that's, that's come out and I wanted to kind of run by you was the state of the receiver room. So there's basically three things that we've heard over the last couple of three weeks. And I know going in, you know, I know I was very skeptical about whether they'd done enough at, at receiver. Um, but it, 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 I'm, I'm sort of wondering where you stand now after hearing this. So we've heard a, and we've already talked about this, you and I, that Michael Gallup looks much more springy, much more explosive. Um, we got some news that Brandon Cooks is even faster in person than he looked on tape. That he's that his his explosiveness downfield. And it was a big sixty yard like touchdown pass mm-hmm. from Dak. 
to Cook's, uh, that was a highlight of camp, I guess, yesterday. And then also, I think the other thing that's really that's really interesting and important is that um, last year's third-round draft pick, Jalen Tolbert, looks much more comfortable. He's much more confident. And he's actually speaking about his experience last year with a great deal of um, sort of accountability and intelligence and wisdom. And so his approach seems really, really good. But he also just seems much more comfortable and confident. He, he doesn't seem like he's thinking out there that he's actually just reacting. So given all three of those, does that, is that enough to change your feeling in any way about the state of the receiver room, which I think, if, I, if, I, if I'm correct in this, I think I am, that we both had a, a, a decent amount of trepidation about? Well, I don't, that's not entirely true, Rabs. I, I, so I'm, I'm kind of in two, two parts. I have the, I feel really good about the main three. Um, I think that the main three, all of them uh, provide us reasons to, to get excited. Not just a healthier gallop in the addition of Brandon Cooks, who, by the way, no one should ever forget that he is a good receiver because he is. And there's he hasn't shown us any reason for us to believe otherwise. And I think that is going to, he's going to be a fantastic addition to the Cowboys. But besides those two, we also have, you know, the Cowboys alpha receiver, uh, CD lamb, who had a slight injury scare, but you know, nothing to worry about it. Um, I, th- I mean, I think he's fantastic. You know, I, I go back and I watch his tape and look what he's, you know, he's done. I mean, I'm just more and more impressed with CD lamb too. So, I mean, I am, I'm very excited about the main three. Now, as far as trepidation and with the Jalen Tolbert thing, I don't think a whole lot's changed for me. I'm glad to hear the good news, but for me, Rabs, I'm just really perplexed on what was going on mentally for him to not see the field. And, and has he been able to overcome those things? Because opportunities can be harder to come by this go around with, with the players, the, the depth the Cowboys now have, but just how improved will he be? I'm excited for it. You know, I'm, but I, to be fair, I was excited for it last year. So I guess part of my answer, I'm super excited about the Cowboys receiving group, but I also have a lot of pause with anything beyond those top three. Well, I think the fact that you're even mentioning the top three is is important because, you know, when we first went into the season, I think a lot of people were saying, is Gallup done? Like, you know, he, he was, he was clearly struggling last year. And then when, and then when, um, uh, remind me of who it was. Was it? I don't think it was Brian Baldinger. I think it was somebody else who did a um, a really in depth analysis of all of um, Dak's interceptions, and it looked like again and again that so many of those were attributed to the fact that Gallup wasn't explosive, Gallup wasn't completing runs, Gallup wasn't playing uh, with a lot of confidence because of because the knee wasn't really responding, and it just seemed like you know defensive backs you know were beating Gallup to the to the yeah. uh, reception point. He wasn't explosive, and he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't completing his his routes. Even. Right, Gallup separation so, was not good last year. No, it wasn't. And so, and, but like you know, the fact that he's springy now suddenly everybody's thinking he's going to be the old Gallup, and that may be. But to me, that's that's the real key. I mean, I, it feels like uh, you know, if Jalen Tolbert gives him something, then that's just gravy. But if if they can if they can get Cooks to be Cooks, which seems like he will be, and they can get twenty one Gallup. Then I think they're going to be, they're going to yeah. be just fine. And I think that's what what you're asking for is not like just a bunch of things to all work out. Correct. I think you're, you're, what you're asking for is was reasonable expectations. This is, I mean, we know, we know that injuries take a toll to where you you are not the same player. And if if it's mm-hmm. it's really on us, and I at least speak for myself, to even start to think that he should be. And so we set the expectations wrong basically in doing so but now he, you know when you get healthy things are quite different and so there's absolutely no reason to think a gallop's not going to be that same type of player and and now in a, in the wide receiver three role you know because i think even his 2019 year there was pre-cd if i'm not mistaken so he was our wide receiver two when he had his big year um so, but you throw brandon cooks in there which i think he's going to be as long as cook stays healthy and we know that he is the older of the group as long as he mm-hmm. stays healthy, I think he's going to be one of the the biggest surprise of, you know, of this team because he's going to be a tough cover because he's had to play as the number one over the last couple of years in um, 
in Houston, and that's not going to be the case over here. You have when you have lambs, so somebody's going to be having some, you know, some free looks in the open field, and I think that's going to be Brandon Cook. So I'm really excited about the Cowboys receivers. Good. Good. I'm glad because I think a lot of people were wondering why they extended Gallup. I think a lot of people were thinking they didn't, they hadn't done enough in the off season, especially since they didn't draft anybody high. You know, uh, after after looking at so many um, top rated receivers. Uh, in the pre-draft process. So I think a lot of people were skeptical about whether the Cowboys had done enough. And now it seems like um, the things that say, people are saying, well, the, the, the stupid Cowboys front office is relying on Gallup to bounce back and Tolbert to, to have a good second year. Yeah, and that looks like that's what's going to happen. So I just, I guess for me, I'm happy to, to see that those things that clearly like the, the success of that room were dependent upon coming to fruition and that um, – you know, and the Cowboys had a plan, and, and and they saw the players and saw what the players could do, and it looks like that's you know what's playing out right now. Yeah. No, totally. Speaking of playing out right now, I think we have ourselves a fun little game to play. So I tell you what, why don't we jump into it? I'm going to roll up my sleeves and listen carefully to what you have prepared for me, my friend. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to kind of take a little bit of a break from the usual camp news that we're hearing, you know, OTAs are happening, finishing up actually. So, uh, but I wanted to do before we kind of move forward and, and really get heavy into the camp news, which we're going to go over again and again in the, in the oncoming weeks ahead of us. I wanted to do one like final reflection where we kind of just take a look, take a look back. And I want to just pick your brain on and ask your opinion about a couple things so, what if you don't mind? Uh, first off, I, I want to challenge you a little bit, and I want to see just how good your memory is when it comes to our beloved Cowboys. So, the first thing I want to ask you is, can you remember the? So, first off, I, I'll, let me frame it this way: I want to I want to mention that we've talked. A lot about how we think this is a good Cowboys football team. You know, if you actually look at the last 20 years, the Cowboys are inside the top 10 in winning percentage. Um, they actually have one win more than the Eagles and one less than the Chiefs. And that just kind of tells you a little bit about how good this team has been over the last two decades. However, we all know that when it comes to the second season, the postseason, the Cowboys are not as good, and in fact, they are bottom five in winning percentage. And um, it's sad to say, you know, you know, we all we're all aware of this um, postseason failures over the last couple decades. But I wanted to go through these last twenty years, and my my first question for you is: Can you can you name all nine losses? Can you, when we go back through their last twenty years? Do you remember them all? Can you go through and probably? And, yeah. Are we starting in 03? You know what? What order would you like to start it? What's easiest yeah, we'll for start, you to we'll start? Yeah, we'll start in 03 and work our way up. Okay. Uh, but we're counting 03. Yeah. 03. Yeah, we are counting because yeah, okay, that great. So 03, they lost to Carolina in uh, round one after uh, beating them in the regular season. Uh, then in, the, in 07, they uh, had a playoff bye and they lost to the Giants, uh, crushing defeat uh, at home. That um, uh, you're, you you missed one. You think think what what? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, oh six. Um, wild card game. They lost at Seattle in the uh, muffed. Uh, right, right. The muffed extra point or field goal attempt, rather, um, which sort of you know cemented Tony Rogo's legacy as a quote unquote choker. It started um, then it. We, then we then they had the loss to. Um, uh, to the to the Giants in 2007 at home, and the Patrick Creighton, you know, the two passes to Creighton, one of which was dropped and one of which was, you know, a, kind of a Hail Mary anyway. Um, and then, of course, the loss in 09. It, it first, the first round in 09, they got their first playoff victory in a long time by uh, whomping the Eagles at home. It was glorious. Then they went to Minnesota and lost to the Brett Favre-led Vikings and their defensive line which was very good. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that, I'm sure, later. Um, then they didn't make the playoffs again until 14. Uh, they beat Detroit at home in the wild card round and then went to Green Bay and outplayed the Packers for much of the game, but ultimately lost in the, in the end. The Packers pulled away in the fourth quarter. And, um, 
you know, there was a Dez catch, but there were a lot of other plays besides that Dez catch Absolutely. that were really meaningful in that game. In 16, uh, just like in the 7, they had a bye, and then they uh, they had the misfortune to draw Aaron Rodgers at home. Um, came out not really ready to play, um, played catch-up most of the game, and then uh, caught up and had a, even had a chance to win it. But then Aaron Rodgers made a couple of miraculous plays, uh, one of which was not uh, fumbling the ball in a sack and the other which was a incredible sideline laser dart to a guy after you know a, a long developing play where he scrambled on bot time mm-hmm. uh and then we move forward to 2018 again uh i think the weakest well other than 03 the weakest of the cowboys playoff teams in this stretch but um Dak managed to engineer a win at home over seattle that was pretty convincing I mean, he sort of just you know Built up a lead, built up a lead, and then and had a, bit, a big lead in the, in the you know double digit lead in the fourth quarters, and Seahawks scored at the end. But ultimately, um, you know, Cow- Cowboys were clearly the better team. Then a very methodical win, a clutch win by Dak. Really, yes, maybe the highlight of his career. It was just such a such a great great game by him, and yeah. so much leadership. Just took the team on his shoulders. Ah. Uh, then, unfortunately, the following week, they went and um, got r- literally run out of the building against the Rams in the Coliseum because um, the Rams were still playing in the Coliseum at the time. Uh, then in 2021, they had a home uh, game in um, the first round against the 49ers and got off to a terrible, terrible start again and were out physical on both sides of the line, really, by San Francisco. And then last year... Uh, nice playoff win at Tampa Bay. Yes. Sent Tom Brady packing. Loved every minute of it. Uh, you know, just just made him look old and overwhelmed. He never really had a chance. Uh, it was just a, a, just the, one of the most dominant playoff wins in my memory as a Cowboy fan. The only other one in this period that com- that compares is the one against the Eagles in '09. Uh, and then. Um, the following week went to San Francisco and um, I think actually put up a much better fight than they did the previous year. It's a closer game. Their defense was better um, against San Francisco, but you know, the combination of a a lack of team speed uh, and the fact that the offense was kind of more abundant going into the game and then ultimately losing Tony Pollard. That was it. That was the end of it. And uh, you know, team teams without options have to take chances and Dak took some chances and, you know, threw a pick here and there and it was over. Yeah, that that is a great breakdown, Raps, of just flying through the last twenty years and the, you know, I mean, a lot of us, a lot, all those memories still resonate pretty good with us. And I, I mean, I, I remember Dak flying through the air in the Seattle game and thinking like, this is this is our guy. This is, you know, finally we we're, we get to see like this is the guy we've been waiting for, you know, to to win in the postseason. And you know, and then just just going back through all the. All those missed opportunities too. You're like so close, where the Cowboys, you felt like they had the game, and then something would happen. And you know, you went through these games, and other than other than the Minnesota game, I mean, you're you're looking at so many close games that the Cowboys have had. And um, you know, we talked quite a bit about you know luck being a big part of it. You know, you have a a break here, a ball bounce this way, or this penalty there, just like so many different things that you know could um, change the course um, of the game. Of course, at Green Bay 2014, there's like a handful of different ones you could point to mm-hmm. in that one. But what I wanted to ask you, again, so um, very good job, by the way, with running that down. But but of those, of all those teams, and, you know, the Cowboys, you know, sometimes they got closer than others. But of all the teams, all the years that you listed there, <coughs> excuse me, how – if you could give me the top three teams, like you were, where you thought, okay, this team has a, a real legit shot at winning the Super Bowl, which of those teams would you choose? I'm going to go 2021, 2007, and 2014. Okay, I like I like your decision making there too. I mean, because I um I think I probably align really close with that I'm, I'm a little bit torn on 2016 because there's a lot of reasons to to like that team too so if, if, if you would have thrown them into the mix um i wouldn't have i wouldn't have um, had a problem with it uh so but okay so you made your choices 2021 2007 2014 so we're gonna actually go in starting 
uh, from earliest on. So we'll start back at 2007. As you mentioned, okay. it was the game, you know, where Romo throws the pick in the end zone to, to end the game. Um, so I want you – so uh, we, we've you've identified three of the best teams. So the next thing we want to do for this little exercise is I want you to – or us to kind of work through this and tell us the most glaring reason that they lost that game. I don't care about the season. I don't care about what was their – Biggest weaknesses overall. I want you to. I want you to identify a scapegoat. I want you to tell me if you had to put your finger on one thing that the Cowboys did not do right in that game. Who would it be? So starting with 2007, that game. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it was, I, it was, I, for me, it was pretty clear. I, I feel like the Cowboys' defense played well enough to win. I felt like the Cowboys um, had some plays there. Um, but ultimately, the, the thing that happened was that the Giants, who were nowhere near as good as the Cowboys, were able to provide an equalizer to the huge disparity between Tony Romo and Willie Manning by uh, their defensive line flipping the Cowboys' offensive line. So what happened, at, and that's the reason I actually didn't choose both 2007 and 2009, because I think the very similar thing happened both years, which was at, at the end of the year, when they lost, they lost because the offensive line got whipped by a really good defensive line. And so, um, and, it, and it, it, the whole equation kind of went kablooey. So I, I think what happened in 2007 was that the Giants rode their defensive line to a Super Bowl win, and that all started you know, a week or two before they're uh, against, you know, against New England and, and, and their playoff game. I don't even they play. I think Tampa Bay before they played the Cowboys. Um, but their, their defensive line really started to kind of find their mojo and just kept playing better and better. And the Cowboys were really having trouble generating explosive plays. Like all year long, it had a strong running game. Uh, but but where they really beat teams were uh, by generating explosive plays in the passing game, primarily to T.O., but T.O. would, would scare the heck out of everybody, and that meant that Patrick Creighton and Jason Witten, a young Jason Witten, were able to eat and do some damage on their sides of the field and you know down the middle of stuff as well. And uh, they none of that was working. And it wasn't because the Giants had a good defensive backfield. I think it was because Tony Romo didn't have just didn't have time for anything that was other than a quick hitter to develop. And um, as the game went on, the Cowboys had trouble running the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. And the, the Giants had, you know, a, a time of possession advantage and just wore the Cowboys down. And there was that one drive at the end of the second half. It was a long Giants drive that I think gave them like a 14-7 lead. Am I right? Um, that was really like a backbreaker. And the Cowboys normally would have been able to overcome that. That 2007 Cowboy team could have overcome that any other week in the regular season because they were so explosive. A lot of times they went in at halftime, they didn't have a big lead, but they were so explosive and they just never found that explosiveness. And um, yeah, and they just got, they got beat down by the Giants defensive line and never, the whole, the whole complimentary football equation collapsed when that happened. Okay, so just so I'm clear, your scapegoat for the 2007 loss to the Giants is going to be the Cowboys' offensive line. 100%. Okay, so make a note of that. Great choice, by the way. Um, okay, so moving forward seven years, strangely enough, all of these are seven years. So uh, 
Uh, we're going to go forward seven years to 2014. <laughs> Cowboys lost to the Packers, uh, as you mentioned before, and you know it. Um, so, a lot of stuff going on in this one, Rabs. Um, yeah. I think yeah, it's, a, it's a tough one. I will say this is probably one of the, the few games where I'm like watching and I'm thinking, we got it. You know, I think we're the better. There was there was points in that game, uh, mind you, earlier than the fourth than the fourth quarter. But it, there were points where I'm like, we got it. We're gonna do it. I, I could feel it. I could sense it, and um, it had that feel to it. But uh, you know, alas, it did not play out that way. So, who is the scapegoat for this uh, loss? Why don't you why don't you just take me through this one and and, and uh, give me some reasoning here for. <laughs> When I first put this one out there, I said there were a lot of reasons. It wasn't just the, the Des non-call, and you seen you agreed. And I think that um, long before we got to that call, obviously there were some plays in the first half. There was the long DeMar- DeMarco, the, the run that could have been a long DeMarco Murray run. Maybe right, a touchdown. absolutely. It was a long run, inside, certainly inside the red zone. And then soon thereafter, that was followed by, um, or maybe it was preceded by, a, a, a fumble, like a fumbled kickoff that James Hanna almost had, and then didn't quite get. So there were some, there were some. Oh man, that was closest type of type of moments. Um, but I think the game really changed when the um, Packers' offensive brain trust began to put rookie Devonte Adams on the Cowboys' third cornerback Sterling Moore. Hmm. Sterling Moore could not cover him. So basically, like Devonte Adams didn't do much all game. He was he wasn't he wasn't having a whole lot of success against I guess it would have been Brandon Carr and and uh, Morse Claiborne right in in 2014 oh. and, uh, and or Scandrick maybe maybe somebody maybe some of those other guys wasn't playing um, and so uh, or maybe I think I think 14 was the year that Scandrick was out all year. Was oh, it? was it? It could, it could have been. Yeah, I think he heard. I think he heard his. He heard himself like one of the very last plays of, of training camp at 14. Um, I believe that's the case. Uh, is that right? Or maybe that was Sean. I, anyway, um, whatever it was, I know that Sterling Moore was their third corner, and um, oftentimes played the slot. And it was I mean, I, Sterling Moore, given his size and his physical limitations, had a magnificent year. Made a lot of plays. Was is a, a tough guy. Brought some attitude and presence um, to the team. No, no, actually, I, I take that back. Uh, I know Skandrick was playing. He, yes, he was. I, yeah. He was. He was instrumental in that team. Yeah, he was. He was a he was a leader in that that year. He really he really helped lead that that uh, low talent but high uh, character defense. And at any rate, um, and so in the first half, the first you know three halfway through the third quarter, even Devontae Adams hadn't done much, and then they I think they they found something. They put him on Sterling Moore and. Um, and Sterling Moore couldn't cover him. And Devontae Adams made big play after big play after big play and helped help the Packers get back in. And the Cowboys had no answer for it because their other receivers, uh, I don't even know who the Packers receivers were that game other than Devontae Adams. I remember him very distinctly. But, um, you know. That Cobb, to, Randall Cobb. Yeah, they had Randall Cobb. Yeah, I think, I think they, Jor- Jordy. Jordy Nelson. Yeah. yeah. But I think that, I mean, I remember Randall Cobb making a really great catch at the end to kind yeah, of seal the I remember that, yeah, because he... the Packers got the ball back and. He, you know, he had like a few, a few catches where he lined up in the backfield and, and they did some stuff like that with him. Was, kind of, but I think he might have even been their third or fourth or option. I, I, they might have had somebody else as well, even. Um, at any rate, um, they had this rookie who had, you know, all the talent in the world and hadn't really found himself yet, and he just destroyed Sterling Moore and, and made big play after big play. And it helped the Packers get back in the game and, and get the lead because they just couldn't stop it. And so, you know, remember, there was a gimpy Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't – he wasn't – playing up to his best and the Cowboys had done a pretty good job of shutting him down. And, um, and then suddenly, you know, like the, the midway through the midway through the third quarter to the, to the fourth midway through the fourth quarter, Packers had a couple big drives and they both, they both resulted in touchdowns and, uh, or maybe at least both scores. And, um, and Devontae, I'm just instrumental in both of those and Sterling Moore couldn't cover him. They, they, you know, we've talked about, it. they found the bunny and they just kept going hmm. They kept going to the guy who was beating the bunny. Yep. So okay, so uh, yeah, I I mean, I was torn on what to choose for this one because you're absolutely right. You know, they Rogers orchestrated those drives, and they they were both touchdown drives. You know, to, but the Cowboys had like a two score lead too, and uh, they did, and then you know, the Green Bay jumped ahead, and and but I wasn't sure if it was was the Cowboys just not getting enough pass rush on on Rogers or was it 
other things. But you're absolutely right. Sterling Moore did log a lot of snaps in that game. He was their third corner in, and definitely uh, Rodgers was picking on him. So you are going to choose cornerback, basically, cornerback um, mm-hmm. depth then for for the scapegoat, in particular Mr. Sterling Moore. Just uh, They just mm-hmm. uh, went after the bunny. Um, okay, so that's – there we go. Uh, two down, and we're, brings us to 2021. Move ahead seven more years. And now we're talking about a, a Cowboys loss to the 49ers. Um, what do you got on that one, Ravs? I think it's I think it's kind of a 50-50 split. I, I think they basically, it was line play. I think that both the Cowboys offensive and defensive line got manhandled. I think the Cowboys... Um, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't, they, they just got out physical and, and they got out coached, but they got out physical uh, on both lines. It's really easy to out coach your opponent when you're both your lines are dominating. So I, I, I'm going to split that one right down the middle. I think it's offensive and defensive line. They both got whipped. They both had that, that, that look of fear in their eyes by like halfway through the first quarter. And, you know, they, they rallied to make it, make it respectable, but, um, you know, about I don't know, at some point, maybe in the third quarter or so, there was like they had a they had a pretty substantial lead, and it was it was pretty clearly a butt kicking it was happening, which is too bad because that tw- that 2021 team is by all the metrics that I use, which are only you know a couple, but I think they're valuable and and you know reasonably good metrics. Was the strongest team of any of these playoff teams? Yeah, I um, yeah, I. I... I definitely agree. It was definitely in the trenches. I mean, the Cowboys were just whether it was just trying to stop, stop the run, or you know, try to just keep Prescott upright himself. They were having all kinds of problems. Um, and you're, this is one of those games where you know they did. They were after that Debo touchdown. You're thinking, well, that's that's the end of that. That's the end of that. But the Cowboys did put up a fight, though. They they still had they time, and they still. Mm-hmm. They still um, were moving the ball. I felt like they had chances, and I even toward the end, you know, I feel like they had chances, and not just the the last drive where the where they ran out of time with trying to down it, but it, like the mm-hmm. drive before that. It's like I feel like, you know, there's time they can do this, and but it just didn't happen. And I will say too, and while I don't have, it, I don't disagree with your goats that your scapegoats that you chose. I don't think Prescott played all that all that well in that game. Too, I, I I think that there's some shared responsibility with Dak, and of course, you know, there's a lot of other things with, like you mentioned, play calling and protection that um, didn't help his cause by any means. But I also just think that, you know, when you're when you're hoping for a hero, you know, you just want a better performance than from your main guy too. So um, I wouldn't have any problem if somebody said. Prescott there, but I'm gonna so I'm gonna put you down for offensive line, but I'm also gonna put a slash defensive line too. So that, I think that's important, and you, mo- most people would agree over the years if you like the what was the you know what's the Cowboys' problem? A lot of a lot of people are gonna point to the defense, and you know they're gonna say defense because for many years mm-hmm. the Cowboys they just weren't very good on on defense, and that it always held them back. You know it's. Like even like the Green Bay game we just talked about, it's like the Cowboys had had the opportunity, they had the lead, but then the defense just couldn't um, hold, you know, when it counted. But um, offensive line makes it the list a couple times. So now with the information that we have, we pick the the top te- three teams, and we pick the three scapegoats for uh, for those games. And now I want the f- final thing that I want to do is. I want us to look at this 2023 team, mm-hmm. 20 years later, and I want us to try to. I want you to explain to me why this Cowboys team right now is will not will not be in a similar situation come playoff time because they have some of these things rectified. So, give me your best. Uh, I want some positive spin happening here, Rabs. Well, my first reaction would be they can't. I mean, we, we can't say that because their offensive line is a huge question, right? And I think that I think that for us to say the offensive line is going to be fixed and they're going to be a dominant unit that's going to be playing well in the playoffs, that that just seems impossible. So if 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 you want to if you want to hear how they're going to do di- differently, I, I'll say a couple of things. The, by far the best 
defenses the Cowboys have fielded in, of, of all these playoff teams in the last 20 years have been the last two years under Dan Quinn. They're, in 2021, the defense, in terms of the defensive EPA, was slightly better than in 2022, but they are both more than two times better than they were in 07 or 09 when they were, you know, when they were decent. Um, so that there's, there's certainly some promise there. I think the defensive line has been getting tougher. I think that the, I think that we can expect to maybe see a little bit more toughness on the defensive line, a little more stoutness, um, a little bit more ability to, to play the run. But, you know, it feels like almost every year the Cowboys offense tails off. We talked about this at the very beginning. Now, the Cowboys offense tails off and it tails off in no small part because the offensive line either gets injured or old and tired or some combination thereof or people just figure it out. And so it's the same group of guys. They're, they're not younger than they were. So, and, you know, Terrence Steele's coming back from an injury. I have no idea what that's going to mean for him. It probably means that he won't be himself until the following year. And, you know, for, for us to have market improvement, what we're really relying on is this. We're relying on Tyron Smith to stay healthy and be 75 to, to 85% of himself, right, of his best self. But, you know, we're assuming that, that Terrence Steele, who had three, who, who damaged three different ligaments in his knee, is going to come back and be his old self. And, History suggests that that's not the case. He won't be in his, his old self. So, I, honestly, it's one of those things where if they're gonna if they're gonna avoid the Schneid, they're gonna do it a couple of ways. One, the offensive line, thanks to Mike Solari or some other combination of factors, is way better than we expect. That we have a reason to believe. Um, and two, and I think this is a really important thing that we haven't talked about in terms of these matchups. And two is that they just get a, a luckier run. They get better matchups. You know, so one of the things that's happened, like if you look at several of these of, of these games, you know, they played Aaron Rodgers in 14 and 16, played him tough and close both times, but gave him an opportunity to pull it out at the end. They they went up against teams in 2007, 2009 who had really, really good and deep defensive lines. They, they could they could damage you up with, up four across, right? And so the Cowboys, uh, old aging and not particularly uh, foot quick offensive line really struggled because both those defensive lines had some speed athletes. Um, you know, and, and, in two, and in 2021 and 22, we, we, we know what happened. They had, they had bad matchups in addition to not playing well. So, um, I don't know. I, I feel like you were talking earlier about how many of, the, of these are close games. They, they, only one of them wasn't close. And frankly, that Minnesota game, it was close for a, a while. And, and Brett Favre made two, I mean, perfect throws on long passes that, that got the Vikings down close. Cowboys were hanging in there. That, that team was that, that team was pretty good. That defense was really, really playing well at that moment. But, I mean, literally, like, perfect throws where he threw it into, like, a canning jar size hole and hit, and hit a dude who was covered, blanketed. Um, so, you know, I mean, you just got to tip your cap to the dude and say, I mean, nobody, nobody, Deion Sanders, Darrell Rivas, nobody could have defended those passes. They were perfect passes. So that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go up against a team that, that has an offensive line that's getting whipped, you know, you need your defense to get some breaks, and they didn't. They 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 in fact the opposite happened. There were a couple of perfect passes that put the game out of reach, and then the Cowboys had to start taking chances, and you know, it snowballed and it got really bad. At any rate, I think that you know they've had some bad matchup. Um, obviously, the better team you are, the, the less likely you are to have bad matchups. But they 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 haven't. You know, in the second round in particular, found teams they match up well with. Yeah. Um, So the other thing I will say is that in most of the years that we're looking at, they were not good on both offense and defense. They were good on one or the other. Mm -hmm. So if we look at like 07 and 09, they were good on offense, pretty good on defense, but they weren't great on defense. In 14 and 16, they were really good on offense, much better than either of those other years, but not as good on defense. And then, the, and then uh, last year, not so good on offense, very good on defense, about as good as they were. The 2021, that, that's the thing that, that's really a killer. That was the one year they were really balanced and really good on both off, offense and defense from a kind of EPA perspective, from a, um, you know, from a margin of victory perspective, et cetera. They were very explosive and, and, and could 
man, they had a lot. Of, they could make a lot of plays on defense. They were a really exciting team. They they lost their mojo and and got whipped at the end. So part of that's just luck. I mean, that team was that team was capable of, of making a Super Bowl run. They could have they could have beat anybody. If someone had knocked up San Francisco, they might have had a you know they might have had a different run. Yeah, that didn't happen. I th- you know I mean, it, there's a, it, with with as many teams making the playoffs, the chances of of I don't know. I guess the, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to actually think mathematically. Maybe it increases your chances of getting a better run because there's there's certainly in the first round there's more patsies, but it, you know maybe it gives increases your chances because of the teams that you don't want to face can you know have to play you before before you face them so that they can get eliminated. But um, you know one of these years they're going to have they're going to get a bunch of good matchups. You know where that where a team they really don't match up well against will lose to somebody in the previous round and they'll they'll get a great matchup and it'll help them advance. Right, but that hasn't been the case. Yeah, and I, I as much as we've went back and forth with this, to understanding that that luck does play a big part of it, and, and you know you, you if you're going to make a Super Bowl run, you know you want you're going you want you need to be on the right side of that too. But um, one thing that I I you know want to finish things off with here is, and I'm I'm not going to classify them as scapegoats by any means because you know they're they're not scapegoats but you know i i did hear you talk a lot about tipping your cat to whether it's far or or rogers or you know i think that what needs to happen for the cowboys is they we need to have some other team tip their cap to our quarterback and i think that it's time for our quarterback to not just play okay and and um, not be the scapegoat, but to actually be that player. And for me, I think that that's something that's been missing. If you look at all those games, you could always point to just plays that the quarterback. You remember, like the Green Bay game when with the, when they kicked the game winner. You know, with the, the whole the Jared Cook thing that we saw. I mean, the Cowboys could have avoided that by not even kicking that Dan Bailey field field goal, but instead driving down. And, and with the game-winning touchdown, there was, there's opportunities that they had in, in almost all of these games where the quarterback play was just not good enough. You know, whether it's throwing an interception in your own, you know, near the near in, deep in your own field or just others. I mean, Romo took a sack in 2004. Nobody talks about that play, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know right before the Dez, a couple plays before the Dez, where he could have just easily threw it away, but he took a sack and it brought it, made a... A third and longer that you know. Then Cole Beasley had a catch that was just short to, to create the four double. I mean, just things like that. We we I feel like the Cowboys need to have a quarterback that that catches fire and plays like a championship quarterback. And I, I feel like that's one thing that's been missing. I'll let you have the last word here before before we kick off. So so I actually I think that that's actually why I believe even though they're not at the top of these metrics that 2014 is the team that had the best chance because I think that in the last 25 years that was the best year of quarterback play we've gotten. Mm-hmm. It was Tony Romo was actually at the very height of his powers and I would put him up against anybody who was playing in that era. I know he doesn't have the arm talent the guy he was the guy he lost to that year and Green Bay has but uh, in terms of processing, in terms of release, in terms of, I mean, uh, in terms of just, you know, guts, all, all that kind of, I think all the things I want in my quarterback, he had in spades, other than the fact that, uh, you know, he was, he is still, he was nursing a back problem for most of the year. Um, but toward the end of the year, when he started getting a little bit healthier and the passing game started to be a little more explosive, man, that team was, that team was good. And um, they just, you know, they just, they, they ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, I think Romo got at least one MVP vote that season, and um, and that was, of course, everybody talks about the Demarco eighteen hundred yard thing. But um, yeah, but you know that's what you get when you're able to take a little pressure off him and let him, you know, not have to basically um, put the team on his shoulders mm-hmm. and win games. And it was definitely the well, most yeah, efficient I- Romo we've seen. I will say that, you know, DeMarco did that for him for the first half of the season, but the second half of the season, Romo put that team on his shoulders because DeMarco got worn the heck out. Right. And so, you know, especially the last month of the season after Thanksgiving, I mean, they were, it was Romo's offense. And, and DeMarco was had, you know, still, still productive, but uh, he wasn't the same player he was earlier in the year. And Romo and the passing game were magnificent. Yeah. So uh, I think I think you're right. I think that that's, you know, I mean, I think Romo was 
I, lo- I like Dak a lot as a person. I think Romo was a, a better quarterback. I think Romo is probably the second best quarterback the Cowboys have ever had, I think, or third best, I guess. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot, just so many squandered opportunities with terrible, terrible head coaches during the Romo, the Romo era that really. And terrible <laughs> defenses, <laughs> too. I mean, terrible defenses. Yeah. I mean, you know, some, some of these years, like the ones we're talking about, pretty, pretty respectable defenses, but a lot of really, really bad defenses. Right. So I think, I think the other thing that we haven't talked about, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, take, take too long with this, but, you know, the thing that's consistent across all of this is that in many of these instances, the Cowboys were outcoached. I mean, they got outcoached by Mike McCarthy twice. You know, um, and and you get out coached because your ownership doesn't want coaches that are going to upset the apple cart. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I know it's a small sample. So it, we, we it, like the the problem with this is it's a small sample, and, and it's so luck driven that there's several of these like could have easily been years where they went to the NFC Championship game if they just had a break, right? But but part of it also is you've got to get in the tournament every year. That's that's the baseline upon which all of this can change. Now they just gotta they gotta get lucky and they gotta you know stay stronger and more healthy or something. Yeah. But, um, but but the first step is what they're doing now. I think that I um absolutely I mean I agree they do they need to have, be lucky. But I will say this I at least going through this exercise and just um I do think the Cowboys do have a lot of things going for them that they didn't have in those other years. And you talk about being good yes. on both sides of the ball on, you know, that, that's one of the things and too. And, and I do think they've corrected some problems, whether if you look, look at improving, uh, getting stronger in the trenches and with like, we're stopping the run, you know, the Rams ran all over them in 2018. And then, um, you know, of course they've made uh, changes with their receiving group. So they're helping to help Dak out some more. So I, f- I think you could definitely put your finger on a lot of different things that uh, you, we could sit here a year from now and say, yeah, well, look, you know, they, they took the, the appropriate steps because, you know, now, mm-hmm. now they've, they're, um, they were able to do the things they couldn't do in seasons past, but um, you know, we won't know until, until we see it. So uh, it's just, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And speaking of wait and see, you know, you're going to have to wait and see, you know, what we got going on next week because that is all the time we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any uh, hot topics in the Cowboys camp, or, um, who you think the greatest athlete of all time is hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Danny Phantom 24 and Rab is at Rabble Rouser spelled R A B B L E R O U S R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you tomorrow. We'll have the world's team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out, but that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you later. Class dismissed. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.